Hey folks, it's me, Jeremy at Geist Interactive. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that we are still collecting FileMaker origin stories. We've interviewed about 60 people so far from all experience levels and all over the world, but yours is needed as well. Please drop me a note wherever you can find me or email me at info at geistinteractive.com. We'll find a time to talk. And now FileMaker origin stories, episode four. There are thousands of FileMaker developers using the Claris FileMaker platform every day. That means there are thousands of origin stories. While the origin stories have similar paths, each one brings a unique spin on the journey from discovering the application on a computer to answering an email. Each story is worth sharing. In this episode, we feature three FileMaker developers whose stories are quite different. You'll hear my separate conversations with... My name is Christine Anmark and I'm from Stockholm, Sweden. I work at Square Moon Industries. Uh, my name is Josh Willing Halpern and I'm an independent contractor, um, although I kind of do business as Willing Apps. So my name is Mark Richman. I'm the um, founder and president of Skeleton Key, a Claris partner uh, based in St. Louis, Missouri. Christine, Josh and Mark share their unique FileMaker origin stories. As you listen today, think of how your own story is similar to or different from theirs. I begin our interview asking each one of them where they were before they found FileMaker. First, Christine. Yeah, I actually started at Royal College of Music here in Stockholm. It was in the beginning of 2000 and uh, I were playing the violin, studying to become a violin teacher. Uh, I were this very helpful student, so I helped teachers and the administration out. Yeah, I eventually it did. I actually um, did some research in in educating music, educating pedagogy. So I have a master's degree, and then uh, in I worked besides that as a music teacher. Next, Josh. I went to school for anthropology. Um, and yeah, I don't think anyone goes to school for FileMaker. Um, and I was running a little eBay store with a friend of mine and we'd go to estate sales and get like old collectible pens and books and porcelain and musical instruments and stuff. Next, Mark. So I was a, uh, I was a theater and architecture major at, at Wesleyan University in Connecticut, very much involved in the theater from a technical theater standpoint. I was a lighting designer, set designer, technical director, and then the architecture side, I just, just really enjoyed drafting and drawing and, and that kind of technical creative acts, but creative acts with a technical piece. Christine, Josh, and Mark each found FileMaker in di quite different ways. After graduating, Christine returned to her college to help out. Uh, after a few years, and when I graduated, I had uh, actually had rebuilt their databases. Uh, I did the administration of uh, the... Okay. Um, teacher students uh, practical uh, studies. Yeah, I think it was FileMaker 7, but I believe the databases were not rebuilt since FileMaker 5. Oh, okay. So you were working in version 7. Yes. But they were FileMaker 5. So they didn't have tables in the same file. You were still working with multiple tables. Yeah, I did, but there were quite few uh, tables. So. Josh found FileMaker out of sheer necessity. One small casual commitment led to his search for a platform that worked. Uh, his cousin ran a business that delivered 
um, like food and stuff to convenience stores and uh, college campuses. And one day my friend asked if I would put his cousin's business on the computer. And okay. that was, I know it was just vague enough and I was just naive enough to say yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that was the first thing that kind of threw me into the crucible. And I thought it was just going to be, you know, maybe an Excel sheet with a macro or something. And Mark found FileMaker by way of the theater. I started doing a little bit of, um, I was a Mac guy, an early adopter. I, I bought the first Mac with my bar mitzvah money and, and, um, and so I was always t- noodling with the, the Mac a little bit, but not as a programmer, um, but was comfortable with it. And at some point, I think an actress or somebody in one of the shows when it was helping like paint the set one night said something about, you know, there's an opportunity for you to do some technical training, like people out there who are using computers who might need help. And she knew an artist, a local artist who was um, older, but had adopted the Mac and was um, trying to organize some of her information about her collection or her, her artworks and her shows and wondered if I would be able to offer her some computer consulting. And so Christine, Josh, and Mark opened the FileMaker application and began to get to work. They each figured out how to work with it in their own way. Yeah, uh, there were actually fields with index problems. I didn't know that then, but uh, now. And uh, uh, the other ladies. <laughs> at the office uh, they made new fields because we all had full access so they said okay you just make one new field and then begin uh, register in that field instead Uh, so uh, with that you could imagine how this uh, database looked like so um and after a while i thought like this is not this is not how it's supposed to be yeah uh well a relative of mine said i should check out access because they had done some stuff in access before okay and i got access and install and tried to install it on my mac but of course it didn't work on my mac and thank god because then (laughs) they said oh well my company also uses filemaker and that one works on mac you should check it out um, a lot of people might know that company too, uh, lynda.com. Okay. I think Chris Ippolite does a bunch of their videos and stuff. But yeah, I think they used it internally, at least at the time. They're, they're now oh, okay. learning. So you, so someone from uh, lynda.com suggested you use FileMaker. Yeah, they said I should check it out. Um, so I got FileMaker, and of course it was way over my head. I had no programming experience or anything like that. So What version was that? That actually, the first version I got was version twelve, but just okay. right after that, uh, thirteen came out. Okay. Um, was the reason someone suggested FileMaker is simply because it could run on the Mac, or did they highlight any of its other benefits? Well, um, from their perspective, FileMaker was kind of the the uh, cross-platform compatible version of a- of Access, and I okay. think that comparison's been made a lot. So to them, it was just like, oh, Access won't work on your Mac, then try FileMaker. That's what we use internally here. And yeah. And it turned out to be so much better of a a recommendation than Access in the first place, even though they didn't know they were making a great recommendation. So I drove out in Connecticut to this lady's farm and went into her, you know, studio with her and she had her Mac and so I was instantly comfortable and she had FileMaker on it and she was trying to create a database to manage her, you know, her art and, and, and sort of who it was sold to and which stuff was in which collections or was being shipped where and what shows. And so I started just figuring out with her kind of how to do it, you know, just applying 
some simple logic and, and the kind of approach I took to the theater tech to this mm -hmm. piece of software. And I think back then it was like FileMaker 2. Um, so it was early days. And that was my first experience with it. Um, they each used the FileMaker platform to build apps and to solve problems. Yeah, I, I actually built new databases. Um, okay. So, yeah, I did. Oh, you built new databases. Yeah. You, okay. You didn't just rebuild these, like go into the same file. You started yeah. from scratch. Yeah, I did. And I built okay. uh, according to this learning material. Okay. Okay, good. So you rebuilt them. Um, did you know FileMaker at all before you were tasked with this? No, I did not, actually. <laughs> okay. Not at all. Christine began to use FileMaker in other areas of her career. Yeah, more of that, because I never okay. used FileMaker in my research. But okay. it's the same thing. You look at data, see how you will organize the data uh -huh. to get the result. Josh found FileMaker in a roundabout way, to say the least. You know, it's funny because I was like, well, I have no idea how to do this. What do you know? Lynda.com happens to also make videos teaching you how to do this. So I watched some uh -huh. of those videos, learned about, you know, one-to-many relationships and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I pushed through and the solution ended up just being such a beast compared to what a first project should be. <laughs> um, it was like an invoicing solution but it had some, like, it was a fleet of trucks. So I was doing scheduling for this fleet of trucks. Oh, wow. They were iPads that had to run offline and then sync back. And I was, at the time, because I knew nothing, and I, uh, I, I wanted to, quote, save money, I thought that I should just build my own sync solution, which uh -huh. is I highly recommend no one ever do anymore. Just get one <laughs> of the ones that exist. <laughs> but I used EasySync and had to, like, modify this totally egregious performance bug in the EasySync framework. Um, and I actually used JavaScript to do that now that I think about it. I ultimately uh -huh. switched to base elements, but yeah, I was like, I used a web viewer to do this like list difference thing. Oh, okay. Wow. And uh, yeah, and then we also had to sync with, or not sync with, but use like mobile printers and to print receipts. And it was just, it was just way, it was a big honking project for a first one. <laughs> but I did push through and yeah, we got some good reports that helped them kind of streamline their, uh, purchasing, so they weren't purchasing too much product that they had to guarantee and couldn't sell, and all sorts of stuff. After his initial work with building a FileMaker database, Mark suddenly saw FileMaker all over. I was working as a as a IT trainer. I was going in and teaching people how to use Macs and use various early Mac software programs like now up to date and TouchBase and some of those early contact PIMs. And at some point. Um, Someone threw a copy of whatever version of FileMaker was current then on, on my lap and said, you know, go talk to so-and-so's assistant. They track charitable contributions in Lotus123, and they need a better database, and I think this will do it. And I was like, oh, I've seen this software before. And so I rolled up my sleeves, and I built a charitable contributions tracking database, and then there were some new features. I could add some color to the interfaces and some buttons and things and, and make it you know easy to use for this relatively novice user. Um, but again, this is all like single user development, building apps for people to use on their local computer for just them to do stuff with. Um, it really wasn't until I got my first real serious jobs um, in New York or, or Connecticut, um, some larger corporations, that I started seeing FileMaker being used to support work groups or teams. Um, and so then we started, then I started learning how to build some, some more serious applications. 
I'm always interested in how people learn FileMaker. Let's hear how Christine, Josh, and Mark learned FileMaker and how they became comfortable with the platform. And uh, also my husband is in, uh, in the IT area and he uh, also had a FileMaker database at his work. So he learned me a little, just a little, mm-hmm. and then I looked it up and then I bought this uh, as what was it called? This uh, certification material that they mm-hmm. used to have. Uh, I read that and I got them to update to FileMaker 10. And uh, after a few years, when I already had rebuilt the databases in FileMaker 10, then I went this course at Posikon in Sweden. Christine's training course was short, but she walked away with it with lots of good information. I got like two two days and uh, I remember that what I learned were how to to get the data uh, properly on the layout uh, if you wanted to decimals or uh, currency or something and also custom uh, formatting. And remember what Christine said about her first teachers? Said, okay, you just make one new field and then begin uh, register in that field instead. Josh took learning into his own hands. Yeah, so um, that same friend, they had a FileMaker guy, and I talked back and forth a little bit with him, even hired him to do a couple of the key, a uh, couple little pieces that I couldn't figure out myself. And just reading his work, you know, reading other people's work and their scripts and stuff helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, getting your hands on any example files, I just like ravenously went and collected as many example files as I could find and just tried to understand what was going on. And then, of course, all, there's so many amazing videos and tutorials and stuff like that um, on lynda.com and other places. Uh, you know, FileMaker hacks, reading, you know, guys interactive stuff and from Soliant and watching Matt Petrowski. To continue to learn, Josh's life was a bit topsy-turvy. And I was actually at that time working as a music producer in my oh. 20s. And okay. yeah, and it's kind of fun. Most people will spend their days at a desk job, like an accountant or something, and they come home and play their guitar, maybe have a garage band on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And I was indulging my passion in playing guitar and working as a in studios all day. And I'd get home and I would have the opposite reaction. All I'd want to do is like tinker with FileMaker and development and programming and stuff. So that was kind of yeah. like my version of guitar. <laughs> Mark II tinkered around in the application. He also found resources online. You know, I was one of those guys who, uh, you know, I would just kind of poke around in the menus and click. And, and, and um, I spent a lot of time uh, in the early days when it was available, you know, searching out sample files from John Mark Osborne's site, Database Pros. I learned a lot from those sample files and dissecting them. I used to download Ray Colligan's files and dissect them. And so there was a whole bunch of um, just downloading sample files that people were generous enough to put out there and make uh, wide open so I could take them apart. Um, I think I read a, an early uh, uh, FileMaker book. Um, uh, it might have been by Rich Columbre the support group or somebody, I forget exactly who the authors were, but it was an early FileMaker book. I probably skimmed and read through that a little bit to understand what I was doing, but I was always one of those um, point and click around and explore the software. Christine, Josh, and Mark all had previous skills that helped them out in their FileMaker career. Actually, I think many people will find this uh, funny, but 
it's very similar, uh, I guess. And there are there are lots of things. Um, I actually did some research um, uh, in uh, music education, and when you do research, you uh, collect data and you uh, group data and you <laughs> analyze data. And I think that is one of the things that I really, really love. And that's the same thing. I'm very much into music theory and uh, to read scores. And yeah, there are many similar. Oh, I was, I, I was just going to emphatically agree with you. And I think there's a technical side to music too, especially when you get into production or you're learning an instrument, because there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of math and rhythm under the hood when you get into the way like tones interact like there's a lot of logic yeah. behind the scenes and when you're producing music i think it's a lot like you know doing long form audio like you do uh, with podcasts like there's a technical aspect to you, you want to master the tools in order to make really good sounding podcasts really good sounding music so there's sort of a yeah. it scratches the technical itch too and of course from the audience's experience they're seeing one view of it you know, either in two dimensions or three dimensions, depending on how it's being shown to them. If you're doing your job right behind the scenes, it's magic. They don't notice anything, you know, just it, they just get swept up in the emotional experience and the visual experience and the audio experience. They don't even notice all the technical underpinnings. When I was building stuff in the early days, I was very much focused um, on the user experience. You know, what is this person looking for? What are they trying to get done? And then what is the technical scripting or relational model underneath it or validation settings that need to be in place? to ensure that that goes off smoothly. You know, when we had steps backstage behind a platform that people would be going off in the dark at, when the lights went out, we had to have the right guardrails, we had to have the right glow tape, we had to do the things that we needed to do to make sure that they could operate in this dark environment. And that wasn't something that, that was for the audience, but it was, right? If, if, that, if that person mm -hmm. fell going backstage, they would hear this big slam, they would break the mystery <laughs> of the moment, then there would be a stage manager walking out to say, we're sorry, we can't finish the show. So it was all part of delivery. I think that's the biggest piece. Even, even the architecture stuff I did, you know, you had this, what is the experience of moving through the space? What is the experience of walking up to the building? How is it like to live there, work there, or do whatever it is that space is designed for? But then there was these behind the scenes, like what is inside the walls and how is that you know, structurally going to be held up that way and place where it's being built, you know, what does the, the, um, the landscape offer? And that's very true to what we do, I think, in software too, that there's, you know, where there's a lot of context that goes into it and you're trying to build something within that context. That made it really powerful. I got this software tool that could do almost anything and then I could drop into a context of a particular business or a company or a person and I could build something uniquely for them. As we know, Christine, Josh, and Mark turned these first experiences and previous job skills into a full-time career. Christine chose to make FileMaker her career for a very simple reason. And then uh, after this course at uh, Positionet, I had this uh, offer uh, and uh, uh, got in there half-time. And then eventually, 2010, I were full-time FileMaker developer. Okay. Oh, I love to meet the customer and I love to, to see the result. Uh, I love to look how people work and uh, translate that to a digital, the digital transformation of the real mm -hmm. work process. I had to ask Christine one more question about her previous training. 
do you still play a little bit here and there? Yeah, I got two kids (laughs) (laughs) and full-time developer. (laughs) Thanks to some late nights, Josh's career turned from music producing to FileMaker. Yeah, so while I was doing that kind of obsessing where I was working as a musician and um, staying up super late till three, four in the morning, just obsessed reading about FileMaker and playing (laughs) with it, um, I just naturally accumulated clients over that time um, from freelancing websites and, you know, referrals and stuff like that. And um, I had a nice little client base going and I did some really cool projects. Some involved JavaScript, some, uh, you know, you know, look for one was for like a farm where we had to like track tractors moving across these fields that had these polygons drawn over them. And we changed the color of the field based on the status and uh, all sorts of fun, like little challenges. But then um, eventually I kind of befriended um I befriended this guy named Dan Smith on Facebook and he asked if I wanted to come do a little work um, for one of his clients, one of his projects. Um, I think his official title is the venerable Dan Smith. That's what Louis uh, de la Parra called him at least. Um, But I don't even know (laughs) if that does it justice. The guy is like total genius, but um, yeah, so I, I agreed and I, he put me into the task management software and I kind of joined that project and I looked down at the workspace directory and I was just like, <laughs> it, it was like the pantheon of FileMaker. Like I had no business being bumping shoulders with these people. These were like <laughs> people that I'd been reading for years. They, you know, I knew who they were, but they didn't know who I was. So, um, but I'm so glad that th- this shift has happened now. Um, and I don't think I, if it, I think I stumbled into it because uh-huh. um, I didn't understand how important it was to work with other developers who were better than you for the longest uh-huh. time. So now that I'm getting to do that, I'm just working with people who are amazing and have a bunch of different skills and best practices and more years of experience. Just, you know, I've learned so much more in just the last couple of years than in the previous four or whatever. Mark's knack of figuring things out paid off. When I was at that uh, that firm in New York, one of the uh, one of the managers of that department brought a piece of technical software, an early version of a, a drawing program like Illustrator or InDesign, but like we're talking way back in the freehand and pre-freehand days. And he was like, "I'm trying to figure out how to convert this corporate blah 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 to something." And he gave it to me, and I installed it on the Mac in the training room, and I clicked around, and in about three minutes or less, I figured out how to export this file or open this file and convert it to the format that he wanted. And he looked at me like, and he was like, man, he's like that, like, you've never seen that software before. I'm like, no, he's like, and you figured out how to get me from where I was to where I needed to be in just a few minutes. I'm like, yeah, but it was right like in the menus and a little <laughs> bit of trial and error. And he was like, that's the skill. And so years later, when we were brainstorming with my friends and family about a name for this business that I was putting together in, in the early 2000s, I told that story to some people and they were like, well, what does that make you think of? And at some point I was like, it makes me feel like I'm thinking about Scooby-Doo and like, you know, they need to get into this locked room. And as long as someone has a skeleton key, they can open the door because a skeleton key can open any door. And, and that's kind of how I felt. Like that guy was basically telling me that I had an ability to figure out software I'd never seen. And, um, and if I could intuit and, and sort of pretend my way through that and kind of in, um, explore and discover and reveal and understand the software, or the systems I was being exposed to, then I could probably... Um, put them back together again, like the kids who took apart radios and put them back together. I always close my interviews with the guests by asking them what they're working on or learning now that's challenging and fun. 
People of all FileMaker experiences continue to learn, so it's good to hear what's going on. Right now I'm working on a solution um, uh, with the film, films. Um, and uh, what I'm learning here is that this is uh, the, today's setup is actually FileMaker 5 on the Windows uh-huh. 2000 server. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's uh, con- connected to the web via Web Companion, a plugin they export like an XML file, I believe, and search against to the web. Uh, so I'm rebuilding this, uh, this database or building a new database uh, okay. in, with a modern standard. Well, I'm working with those uh, people on a, a vertical market solution. Okay. And, um, and that's, that has been a really interesting challenge, just thinking about development in a different way. So prior to that, um, my customers would be one-offs. It, I would be developing one solution for one customer. And you can be incredibly sort of agile and make live changes and stuff and hot fixes to their live file or you know however you want to do it um, and make customizations that apply to just their business really quickly um, and all that sort of sort of ad hoc development stuff and that is completely different when you're uh, than when you're maintaining a vertical market solution because you have to think about how does this apply to a whole bunch of customers who are using the product how many yeah. people need this bit of functionality if there has to be a customization how do you write it in a way where it's dynamic so that customization could be customized on a per customer basis how do you do updates how do you do release new versions all that sort of stuff so it's been a huge learning experience for me to work on a vertical market solution. So that's where I'm at right now. So I don't do a lot of day-to-day development uh, anymore um, because of my role in the business. So a lot of what I'm learning now is, um, you know, how to, how to run my business better or how to plan for the future growth of our business better. Um, you know, a, a lot of it's peer groups that are either industry specific or peer groups that are more general, you know, business owners. So I think what I'm learning mostly now is how to um, continually better organize our FileMaker development practice, or for that matter, our Claris platform practice. Um, Don't worry, Mark still pokes around in FileMaker. I still sell, I still estimate, I still engineer, I still stay certified, I still try to solve clients' problems, but then I have a great team of people who do, they do the heavy lifting, you know, they're the ones who actually roll up their sleeves and write the code test the code, design the interfaces, and then and get down to the nitty-gritty details and deployment. Mark has some additional thoughts about his journey. You know, so when I think about the apps we built, um, you know, when, when I bid that one for that artist, you know, it was very much just help, helping her feel more organized. Um, I think when I got into the, the subsequent uh, work I did, you know, um, in the corporate world, you know, when I was in-house IT, but we would, we would often use FileMaker to build tools to help manage our own work. And so in, in many ways, our, my, my first real apps that I built were selfish ones. You know, we, we needed a way to manage the queue of issues and they, they remained open in the notes and, and the prioritization and be able to report to our managers how many open technical issues were we grappling with. And there was no way to do it. And there was no software that then to do it. That, so we built it. And so they, we were, our customers were us. You know, we, no one ever saw that software but the members of the help desk team. Mark also brings up an interesting point about a custom app that organizes the data. And for me, 
those early days, everything we did to solve things, or I did to solve things with FileMaker, were they were already getting it done in just a really difficult way, and they had no way to kind of understand um, the big picture because they were so lost in the details. And so, a it was make it easier to do what they were doing and give them some breathing room. B it was let them see the bigger picture because now they can because the data is organized, not just a big pile. And finally, Mark shares another reason why he made apps. I wonder how many of us have ever done what he has done. Um, and and then I have to admit, on some level, I wanted to make those applications more fun. Um, I built an app for Gartner Group once to just track assets. It was like an asset tracking for IT, like computers, switches, monitors. And you know, I don't know when when you change the status of a product to lost, you know, a lone wolf would howl. And when you change it to stolen, you know, a klaxon would go off. And it was a silly little thing that I could do in FileMaker with an audio file. There was an icon that looked like, you know, you know, um, the associated with those kinds of events and change in status. Um, but, you know, when I showed it to the person who was going to track assets, who was using a spreadsheet before, like they smiled, right? And they kind of chuckled when they heard the sound. And they were, you know, it made something that was otherwise a drudgery kind of more fun. And I thought that that was a, a cool thing that the platform let me do is that they could, could log into their app and they could smile when they saw it because they got to see their business a different way. And then maybe along the way, there were little Easter eggs of enjoyment in the form of visual feedback that they would otherwise not get from a spreadsheet or just a text file. Yeah. Christine, Josh, and Mark are FileMaker developers, and they came to the platform in pretty diverse ways. Christine found the platform while studying to be a music teacher and playing the violin. As she was helping around the college administration, FileMaker showed her how easy it was to organize data and to build better systems. Josh committed to building something for a friend and he needed a platform. After much searching, FileMaker became the choice and he developed, and as he put it, an app that had no right being as complex as the first one turned out to be. And Mark came to the platform by way of the theater and his natural ability to just figure it out. Platform unseen beforehand, he had an organization system up and running for an artist friend in a matter of hours. Their stories show just some of the diverse ways people chose the Claris FileMaker platform. We appreciate their openness and their time. And there's still room for more stories, so reach out at info at geistinteractive.com and offer to share your Claris FileMaker origin story. Stay tuned next week for more FileMaker origin stories. Next week, we have a pretty special episode where we feature not three, not four, but five different developers and their origin stories. It'll be a lot of fun. Talk with you next week.